And this is Health Naturally on 2NURFM for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre and also government testing of herbal remedies. Mm. But we're going to start off because Vicky has rung in from Maitland and uh, Vicky, your question's about high cholesterol that is inherited. Is that right? That's right. Hello, Vicky. Hello, Dennis. How are you? I'm well indeed. How, how can Thank we help you? you? Um, I've been diagnosed with familial high cholesterol. Yes, yes. Um, my father uh, died from heart disease, yes. and um, it's, it's in my siblings as well. Yes. Um, I've been diagnosed two different forms of statins and also uh, ezetrol. Yes. But I had a bad reaction to the statins and have been told that I can't take them. Okay. Now, what? my cholesterol is only sitting around 5.8. Okay. That's not too they, bad. And they'd like to bring it down under 4. Now, you're, you're presently still on ezetrol. No, no, so I had a reaction to Ezetrol. As well as a statin, did you? Yes, okay. yes. So what we're saying here is, here's a lady whose genetics, whose family trend, if you like, is to have an elevated cholesterol level, and this lady has been shown to be reactive to the most common bracket of drugs that are prescribed for this condition, which are colloquially known as statins, plus this lady has also reacted to a non-statin medication, that a doctor can prescribe called Ezetrol. So we have to say to ourselves, what can we do for Vicky that might assist in helping bring that down, even if it's just a point or even half a point, and something that's unlikely to react with Vicky? Well, the first thing I'd say, Vicky, is that there are a couple of things that have a credible basis for helping cholesterol come down. Uh, outside right. of using those two medications. If you have a pencil and paper, and I address this I to, our, to other listeners yep. as well. The first thing to realise is that what we call soluble fibre has been shown to be useful in addressing uh, cholesterol levels. And in a text that I uh, have in my office, which I frequently share with my patients, there is evidence there to support the fact that soluble fibre, something as simple as, say, psyllium, P-S-Y-L-L-I-U-M, which yes. is available from your pharmacy, health food store or supermarket, when it's, right. ta- when it's taken into the diet on a regular daily basis, say about a tablespoonful, but the actual level um, is in the information that I have and I'm happy to talk to you uh, on the telephone and give the exact level, but something, say, round about a tablespoonful of psyllium, right psyllium per day, taken not just as an occasional supplement, but as a medicine, should contribute to bringing your cholesterol down. And your GP or your medical managers would understand where I'm coming from when I'm saying that soluble fibre, as, say, in psyllium or also as in slippery elm, can contribute to it. Principle number one. The second thing is there uh, or there is a significant body of evidence suggesting that plant substances known as phytosterols, I will spell it for you, P-H-Y-T-O-S-T-E-R-O-L-S, phytosterols, these are plant constituents, and in fact they're extracted from many plants, and they have been shown when they're regularly persevered with, and again taken as a medication, and there are numerous brands in the pharmacy and the health food store, which are based on phytosterols. Now, phytosterols work by inhibiting, to use colloquial language, the reabsorption of cholesterol. If you can break the reabsorption cycle, the cholesterol tends to go down. So a good combination 
is soluble fiber, which promotes the exit of cholesterol in the gut contents, and the inclusion of phytosterols, which inhibit the uptake of cholesterol from the large bowel. Those two little principles, when worked with, and share it with your GP who can monitor your, your progress, those two principles I would suggest you work with first. There are other approaches as well. Encapsulated bergamot is considered to be useful, but I get good results in, in that level of cholesterol you're talking about by using, right. by using that approach. You should be able to bring it down with a regular perseverance with those two supplements, which are not drugs, which won't clash with other things. Persevere with it for two to three months. Get your GP GP to test you then. And Les from Raymond Terrace. Les, type 2 diabetes is on your mind. Yeah, I've got type 2 diabetes. I want to know if there's any natural remedy I can use for it. Uh, um, Les, are you on medication? Yeah, I'm on three types of medication. Okay, And, and, and even on that medication, your blood sugar levels are not stable? They're creeping up? Yeah, they're up around yeah, 11, 13. Okay. Well, what is your HbA1c, Les? Has your doctor discussed that with you? Uh, yeah, he said that's good. Oh, that's okay. Now, um, what I'm saying to, to Les here is that um, your HbA1c is a, is a good indicator of what's called your diabetic management. And generally speaking, with type 2 people, ideally the HbA1c should be below 7. So if your doctor says it's... Uh, it's around that level, that's good. But having said that, what we can do is make a few recommendations that you can take on board that shouldn't clash with what you're doing, although you should share it with your GP. The first thing you should realise is that all around the world, and particularly in third world countries where drug therapy is not affordable and where natural remedies are used much more prolifically, for a type 2 diabetic condition, the herb known as bitter melon is very popularly used. Its botanical name is Mamordica charanta, and it's easily the most commonly used natural medication to try to keep blood sugar levels more stable. Now, bitter melon is, as it says, a bitter-tasting food, and because Australians are not great fans of it and wouldn't probably identify it, um, there is a product, bitter melon powder, I developed it for my own type 2 tendency and it's available from my rooms at New Lambton or Vitology shops. Bitter melon as a powder has good documentation for helping manage type 2 diabetic conditions. It's more of a a food rather than a medication and what I've made available at my rooms in New Lambton is a paper that I wrote and had uh, commercially produced on the bitter melon justifying its use even in a modern society like ours, as a safe agent to use in helping to work against blood sugar elevation. So it's principle number one, bitter melon powder, available from Vitology shops or my rooms in New Lambton. The other thing is this. There's a a very good um, information base suggesting that the daily use of cinnamon... Now, cinnamon is well known. It's a spice. It's popularly used in beverages... But say a teaspoonful of, um, say, cinnamon used daily is also a contributor when persevered with over time in helping blood sugar levels become more stable. But again, I emphasise with both the bitter melon and with cinnamon, 
if one embarks on using these things, they must be used as a discipline, worked with over time, because they need that period of time to kick in. They are not potent drugs, but there is literature and you can Google it up and you'll find that what I'm saying is correct. Now, the third, the third thing in response to your question, Les, is there is a herb, an Asian herb, called gymnema. I'll spell it for you. G-Y-M-N-E-M-A, gymnema. Now, most popular preparations in health food stores, and I suspect pharmacy also, for type 2 um, treatment uh, would incorporate gymnema sylvestra. They are the three most useful remedies uh, to work with, but I would also recommend to you and other listeners that you get hold of Dr. Sandra Cabot's book on type 2 diabetes. Dr. Sandra Cabot's book on type 2 diabetes, I consider it almost a Bible on the topic of helping type 2 diabetes and natural ways with diet, lifestyle and natural remedies. So take that on board. The supplements are important, but get hold of Dr. Cabot's book, which is available from my rooms, and read it. It is an eye-opener and will demonstrate that there are quite a few things that type 2 people can do for themselves to keep their condition manageable. Yeah. Well, I've, I've cut down a lot on food sizes, as in quantities. Good, good. And, and the, um, the sugar just doesn't seem to want to go away. You know? It just wants to stay around 11, 12 all the time. You know? Well, what, what, I su- what I suggest you do is get hold of Cabot's book and look at the food recommendations that are made there. You can cut your, your meals down, but you still may be, uh, how can I call them, mixing the food groups incorrectly. In other words, yeah, in other words, if your carbohydrate load is still high, even in a reduced level of intake, you're probably not doing as well as you could be changing in the direction of a protein emphasis in that reduced food intake. It could help significantly. Dr. Cabot's book, is excellent, in my opinion, when talking about the dietary control of it and also the food groups. Sounds as though there's a bit of reading mm, for you mm. there, Les. And uh, 49216216 for your question for Dennis. Kim has rung in from Camel- Hamilton and high blood pressure. And that's something you suffer from, Kim? Uh, yes, yes. Hello, um, Kim. How are you, Dennis? Good. What, what sort of level do you, have you, do you have and what medication are you on? No medication, um, because I choose not to. Um, it ranges, 150 seems to be um, its highest, um, over 90. Um, on a good day, it can be around 133, over 80. It seems to go up and down all over the park. Yes. Um, a lot of the time, I believe it might be stress-related. Yes. Um, I do have what they call post pulsative tinnitus, mm-hmm. um, which can, you know, upset me. Yes. Um, yeah, and I, I just, uh, they haven't suggested to take anything yet, but I just had an eye test and was told there's some damage in my eyes from um, blood pressure. I don't understand it fully, but... From hypertension, yes. Look, yeah. e- even though uh, at this stage you are not on medication, it seems to me that mm. you, you might need to be on something. Now, I know that might sound strange coming from someone like myself, yeah. but, I, but I take a blood pressure medication. 
Okay. So what I would suggest you do is look, while it is still so manageable and while it is still in its early stages, mm-hmm. get on get on to a medication that will tend to keep it there yeah. and, and lessen the damage that can occur in the eyes and the kidney. So okay. re- remember the blood pressure medications that are out there today, in my opinion, uh, are miles ahead of some of the older stuff and um, I can only vouch uh, for the management of my hypertension that, and I've been using the same medication for a long time. Um, I have experienced no adverse effect from it and I believe, I believe that the modern blood pressure medications um, should be looked at uh, seriously by anyone who was questioning whether or not they need to go on to it. In my opinion, in my opinion, move with the science, the medical science, don't take the risk, talk to your GP and think about going on to something. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your honesty. Thanks, Kim. Okay. And Trina from Singleton, you've got a comment, I believe, about diabetes. I have. Hello, Trina. Hi, Dennis. How are you? I'm good. Is it hot up there, is it? It is warm, yes. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yes, just to the gentleman that spoke to you about type 2 diabetes. Yes, yes. I am currently in remission of type 2 diabetes after being uh, 11 years as diabetic. Good. And I followed an exercise physiologist program. Yes. Lost 7.8% of my body fat. Yes. I'm off blood pressure tablets, cholesterol tablets, diabetes tablets, and I was on lingotide mm. um, injections every day. Yes. So, yeah, so it can be done. Um, just watching what you eat, and I just walked every day. Isn't 20 that... minutes minimum, hour maximum. Well, that's you are to be congratulated. Oh, thank because you. What, what you're actually... Uh, testifying there is that lifestyle modification can undo some of the chronic disease tendencies in our society, some of which you are experiencing. Yes, the big, definitely. The big problem with that, Trina, is and we can preach that message. We can preach it like you, you wouldn't believe. But unfortunately, my experience of over 40 years indicates that despite the rationale of what you've said and despite the benefits of what you've said, People still, people still want the quick fix, and that's dis- that's disappointing. And that is why, in my discussion with a previous listener on this topic, I suggested that he get hold of Dr. Cabot's book because in that, she takes up the very issues that you've mentioned, that managing type two diabetes, seeking to beat it in inverted commas as you've done, needs to be something that's multifaceted. You need to look at lifestyle, i.e. exercise. You need to look at diet, and you need perhaps also uh, to look at supplements. You've done it, and you've testified to the benefits of that. I hope others have been listening to what we've been saying here. Type 2 can be significantly helped by what you've said. Look, thank you so much for ringing in. It's a remarkable testimony. I hope other listeners are going to be encouraged by what you've said, Trina. I hope they do. I think we need to be ready mentally to change. I thought I didn't eat too bad, but in hindsight, um, yeah, but with love and support, it's amazing what you can do and the right mindset. I believe it. Yep, I believe definitely. it. Thank you, definitely. Trina. Thanks for your call, and what a good story. It is a great story. And uh, type 2 diabetes is still on the menu at the moment. Amanda, what's your take? 
Yes, um, hello, how are you today? Hello, Amanda, how are you? Good, thank you. Good, good. Um, the, the fellow who was talking about the diabetes, yes. I was told by my um, dietitian to have 13 carbs, um, and I found that I couldn't stomach eating that much, so I made it 9 carbs. And so what I found was, on the 13 carbs, my sugar levels were up 11 and 12, and when I was on the 9 carbs, um, it, it was stable around seven, um, uh, the seven yes. number. Well, that that, so, that so doesn't surprise just... me. That doesn't surprise me because um, uh, carbohydrates uh, end up being converted to blood sugar. So mm-hmm. most, well, I've got to be cautious what I say here because I'm not fully aware of your background, your medical condition, or the total recommendations that were made to you. But my opinion, based on what I've read and the routine that I follow in order to maintain my own type 2 tendency, is in mm-hmm. fact is in fact to restrict carbohydrates as much as I possibly can and to, right. pu- and to push particularly the protein level up considerably. Right. When I do that, my blood sugar levels, and I monitor them virtually daily, are very good. If I depart from that, as I sometimes do when I'm out or at someone else's home eating, and where carbohydrate intake is accelerated, I can almost virtually guarantee, can virtually guarantee that my blood sugar le- levels will have a hiccup. So my uh, recommendation, based on my own experience, is again to follow the ideas of Dr. Cabot in her book on type 2 diabetes. I found that useful. Patients that have used the book uh, swear by it. And in there, there is a very sensible discussion on the balance between carbohydrates and protein. My opinion is move in the direction of protein, reduce carbs, and that I think will contribute, as you've already indicated, to a better blood sugar level. Thank you for your call, and um, we'll come back to diabetes mm. in just a moment. But Brian from Thornton has a question about vitiligo. Is that right, Brian? Yes, it's vitiligo. Vitiligo. Yes, okay. yes it's a, it's Hello, a, Dennis. Hello, how are you? It's I'm a, good, sir. Uh, I'll explain it to, to listeners, Brian, if you don't thank mind. And me. Okay, <laughs> and yeah, I, thank you. Vitiligo is where you have pale patches on the skin. That's In right. other words, the skin has lost its pigmentation. And it can be very minimal or can, it can be embarrassingly all over the body. Yes. Now, um, it's one of those conditions that is difficult to treat. Even in dermatology, I suggest, it's difficult to treat. However, how long have you had yours, Brian? It's about 16 years now. And, and how extensive is it? Uh, it's, it's quite a lot yes. on my hands and on my body and legs. Now, the, better, the treatment that you've had from your dermatologist... Well, he had given me some ointment to, to yes. put on, yes. but that didn't really help. Yes. And uh, so I stopped it. But I saw uh, a site on the Internet yes. uh, regarding a, a place known as Vitiligo Organics Naturally. Yes. And they say if I take that, it, it helps. So yeah. I was wondering if you heard of that now, company and what, what it is like. What is the, what is the active chemical or constituent in the preparation they're recommending? Well, they've got organic coconut oil, mm-hmm. cullen. What was that one? Cullen, C-U-L-L-E-N, chlor- chlorifol, uh, it's 
uh, C-O-R-Y-L-I-F-O-L-I-U-M, the whole plant. Okay. Then Berberis, B-E-R-B-E-R-I-S. Yeah, Barbary. Vulgaris. Yes, that's Barbary. Root bark. Yes. And Nigella, stevia seeds. Yeah, that's a a Middle Eastern preparation. Look, I've studied this um, condition considerably. Yes. In my many, many years, I'm not aware of any of those herbs, um, how can I call it, having the sort of evidence that would satisfy me. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean to say, by any stretch of the imagination, that they may not be useful. And okay. I want to emphasize that. Yes. I, I've not been able to significantly treat the condition. Okay. Um, that doesn't mean to say that there aren't answers. Um, Around outside of of my knowledge base, the okay. her, the herbs that you mentioned there, yeah. generally speaking, sound to be safe, okay. and and it seems to me, because they have the herb in it called barberry or yeah. berberis vulgaris, yeah. it seems to me that they're working on the basis of trying to promote improved biliary secretion okay. from the liver and gallbladder. All right now. I'm going to say something here, here that's not contradicting what I have said, okay. but has tantalized me for many years. I remember many, many years ago when I started practice in Gosford in William Street yeah. um, uh, as a young man. Uh, I'd rarely seen this condition, and I remember treating a young woman for the condition with oral medication that was based on herbs that address the liver and biliary secretion. They would be known as herbs that have a cholagogic or choleretic action. And they were were based on this latent theory in in, in natural medicine that the condition can perhaps be helped by improving the secretory activity of the liver and gallbladder. Now, I'll be laughed out of court by a gastroenterologist for saying that. But my point is this. I prescribed that medication and the, the last, the young woman, stayed on it for quite some time. Yeah. About five or six years ago, I was emailed from yeah. a lady on the Gold Coast who said she was on the beach in the Gold Coast and um, a young, well, not a young woman, but a woman walked up to her and said, you've got what I had. And she said, what do you mean? She said, well, you've got vitiligo. And she, oh. said, she said, yes, I have. She said, email Dennis Stewart because he treated me X number of years ago with herbs and my vitiligo went. Now, the woman did email me. Yes. The big problem with this, Brian, is I have searched and searched and searched and searched and searched for through my records yeah. for a treatment that would have been given probably 30-odd years ago, mm-hmm. and I still haven't been able to find it. So I had, I had to email that woman back and say, look, unfortunately, even though this lady uh, claimed to get benefit from my treatment, I've not been able to retrieve the, tr- the treatment, yeah. uh, so unfortunately I can't help you. The, the, many would say what actually happened there was spontaneous remission. That may be so. Mm. But this still tantalises me to this day, and in containers that I have on my property which store about 30,000 cards, one day in my retirement state, I will go through each one of them until I find the treatment for vitiligo. Okay. Uh, if, look, if... if, if you uh, are inclined to get hold of of this product. Yes. Um, if you want to run it past me more intimately, 
Yeah. Um, bring it into my rooms at New Lambton. Um, okay. I'll be happy to look at it free of charge. Okay. And, and give you a more intelligent interpretation of it. Before okay. you start taking it, bring right. it in and let me have a look at it. Okay, that'll be good, Dennis. Thank you, Brian. I've still got time for a couple more calls, which is good news. So, Anne, uh, you're from Curry Curry, and you've got something to say about type 2 diabetes. Yes. Hello, Anne. Hi, Dennis. Um, I've been listening to your, um, your um, radio program today yes. about diabetes yes. and other things. Yes. I've got type 2 diabetes. Yes, yes. And I've had it for a lot of years. Yes. I'm on an um, injection. It's not insulin. It's BYE-T-T-A. Yes. And I'm on 10 on that. Yes. And then I'm on another tablet. It's glyz ADE or something yep, like that. Yep, yep. I take three of those a day. Yes. My three months test last time yes. was 8.3. That's not bad. That's not bad. What, what I suggest you do, however... And my readings of the morning, I haven't been taking them, which yes. I should. Yes. But, uh, the reason I don't do them is because they're really high. Okay. They're in uh, 10s and 11s and 12s. Okay. What, what reading do you get at night, Anne? I don't take them. Okay. Look, what, what I do, for what it's worth, I've already indicated that I have a type 2 tendency... It's a, it's a family thing, and uh, I don't, I'm not on any medication. But what I would suggest you do is begin to become a little bit more involved in, in monitoring and managing your condition. I, I do my um, AccuCheck virtually daily. Now, you've, pro you've got a little AccuCheck unit, have you, at home? Is that what you prick your finger yes, with? Yes, yes, yes. I've got that at home, well, yes. Well, why don't you get a little diary? Yeah. This, this is what I do, and take... Take a before breakfast reading. First, right. first thing when you get up, prick your finger, see what your reading is, and put it in a little diary on a on a daily basis. You start to take your reading. Right. And, and then what I would suggest also is, say before uh, dinner at night, do another reading. Right. Now, start to do that because I find that gives me a good indication particularly over the number of years that I've been doing it, as to how my blood sugar control is going. And presently it's very good. But what I, what I would suggest you also do is take on board some of what I've said today. Get hold of the book by Sandra Cabot. I, I know I keep mentioning this. But Can look, you spell that book out to me, please? Well, what I suggest you do is ring my rooms at New Lambton yeah. and they can send it to you. Right? Can you give me the number, please? Yes, 49... Yeah. Five six. Yeah. Two three. Yeah. Two one. Okay. Now the book is not expensive. I promise you that. And if you read that and become involved in it, you can see how simple lifestyle modifications, as a previous listener said, can help your doctor manage your diabetes. You become involved by reading the book and starting to eat according to what the good doctor has outlined in that book. In my opinion, it's an excellent eating plan, which is not expensive and involves foods that you and I know all about. Okay. Having said that, start to use the bitter melon. Bitter melon. Bitter melon, it's a powder. And again, my rooms can send it to you. It's not expensive. And there's a little paper that I've written on it. Start with a teaspoonful of the bitter melon daily. Indicate to your doctor what you're doing. 
with you monitoring your condition a little bit more conscientiously and looking at your diet and taking on board some of the ideas that, is, that are mentioned in Cabot's book, in my opinion, you can start to improve your status as your doctor will be able to interpret as your readings begin to improve progressively. Don't expect it immediately, but work with that little discipline and I'd be surprised if you didn't do better. I guess my message is, my message is become involved with your condition. See it as something that you can do something about other than just depend on your medication. Your medication is necessary, but the medication, in my opinion, can work better and other medications may not have to be prescribed if you can control it with the ideas that we've discussed today. And it's always good if you can feel that you're doing something Very about so. your condition Very much as so, well. Jane. There you go. And, and uh, Amanda's rung back in again from the junction. And uh, we're on a different topic now. We're going to skin now instead of diabetes. Hello, Amanda. Amanda. Hello, how are you going? I'm well indeed. Um, how are you? I'm good, thanks. That's good, good. Um, the, the thing I wanted to tell everyone was my auntie had a brown freckle all over her body. Yes. And... Um, after a lot of, um, they didn't know what to cure with, but they found out that she never ate any fruit. Yes. And as soon as she ate fruit, the brown mass went away. How about that? Yeah. Well, so, that's, that's interesting. Did they actually name the disease? Uh, I don't remember. Well, there are, there are quite a few diseases that have a nutritional basis. For instance, the disease scurvy. Um, oh, yeah. is entirely uh, related to the fact of insufficient eating of fresh fruits particularly. So it is well known that diet and foods and fruits and vegetables can have a bearing on many diseases, including the skin. So obviously in this case here, your, your relative's skin condition, um, which we don't know what it was, did have a nutritional basis related to a diet that didn't include the right food groups, maybe um, that was the the thing that turned the tide and her skin, as it frequently does, demonstrated the benefit. So I suppose also, mm -hmm. Dennis, uh, when you eat fruit, you get a certain amount of sugar, through yes. fruit sugar through that, and you maybe do. you don't eat sugary foods Correct. in other forms. Correct. See, this is, the, this is what we're now aware of, that eating fruit even though it contains a sugar in it, is okay. Eating an apple is great. But when you start to eat a heap of apple juice made on multiple apples with a lot of sugar in it, that may be a problem. Even though it comes from the same Absolutely. general source. But, but an apple a day is great. It keeps the doctor away. But eating, say, or drinking, say, a, a pint or half a pint of apple juice gives you perhaps, perhaps, a load of sugar that might not be good for you. <laughs> yes. And, of course, you get the fibre with the, um, of course with the you apple do. too, of course which you helps do. other Look, parts. The, 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 going back to the Greeks, remarkable people. I've studied them all my life. The Greeks had the, the maxim that food is your best medicine. Food is your best medicine. All the supplements that I talk about, all the alternative medicines, at the end of the day, pale into insignificance when you take on board the truth that the greatest physicians in ancient Greece, Hippocrates, Galen, Dioscorides, all argued that at the end of the day, food 
is your best medicine. Food is going to be your best medicine. We've talked about this before, we but it's talk all day such a good it, theme, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and Health Naturally uh, will be back next uh, Friday. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>